Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti and this is Yoga Land. Hey, hey, Jason. Hey there, Andrea. I try to do different greetings for you and it just doesn't work. I do my best. I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm just going to keep just going. A, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you've learned in the course of your career this week. We're going to do, we're going to focus on five things you wish you'd known earlier in your career as a yoga teacher. Yeah. I mean, I could probably come up with a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just say I could probably create five new ones every week. Just as we sit here. Right. But literally gonna... for the rest of my life. <laughs> Does that make you feel old saying that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't every, know. you know, what makes me feel old seeing and feeling myself. <laughs> Looking in the mirror every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's me. That's why yeah, I said that. Seeing myself and feeling what it feels like to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> but my, you know what? I think it's kind of cheesy, but I think I have a bit of an old soul. So I think my body is finally catching up. That's same with me. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. we knew this from the moment we met yeah. each other. Okay. So before we get started on this week's topic, I just wanted to mention really quickly that we are wrapping up registration on module two of your 300 hour training. So this is all online. You're going to be starting with the group July 22nd, you said. So it's six weeks of calls and like a year's access to the content. The focus is spine and core. Spine and core. Um, and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I would say if you're only going to do one, I mean, you should do more, but if you're only going to do one training with me, one longer format training, this is it. Module two. Interesting. I've never heard you say that Because the nature of spine and core Mm -hmm. is so inextricably related to hips and legs and shoulders, neck, upper body. So Mm -hmm. you, you, you can't really focus on spine and core without also focusing on the, the, what's above it and below it. Right. Right. So that's kind of the nature of this, that we just, we have a little bit of everything, a lot of something and a little bit of everything. Got it. Yeah. You're so, <laughs> he, as I want to be very opaque. As he puts so articulately, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, if you want more information, details, how it's all structured, the curriculum, go to learn.jasonyoga.com slash 300 or jasonyoga.com slash 300. I'm only speaking in vagaries. <laughs> it, like, it's almost, it was almost like Yoda. Yeah. Vagaries. I don't have, don't, I stay away from innuendo, but I'm going to go just to very abstract vagaries. I'm trying to sound more like a yoga teacher. Innuendo? Do, how does, what does that have to do with Yoda? Nothing to do with Yoda. Oh, I brought up Yoda. Okay. Yeah, we were just did. speaking. We were like two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Okay. Let's get started on our topic at hand. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can accept this one. Point number one. Point number one is it's very not important. everyone will like your class no matter what you do. A lot of people are going to love your classes. Most people are going to love your classes. At very least, most people will like your classes. But I feel like this is something we talk about a lot. And it's so important for yoga teachers to hear time and time again. There is nothing that you can do that will equally satisfy every single student's personality, intentions, preferences, or desires. The hotter you make it in class to satisfy the people that want it warmer, there's going to be someone in the back of the room that walks over and opens a window. Literally, for everyone that after class is like, can I give you some feedback? 
um, that class is like a little slow. Someone else in that class is like, oh my God, that class was too fast. Yeah. And, and this isn't to say, this, this isn't in any way to be down on students. It's just to, if we put ourselves in this, as a student, you might be respectful and you might be appreciative of the different teachers you take class with, but I guarantee you don't always love every class. And I think, I think what we want, I think the reason this is such a big deal is because as a yoga teacher, when you, when you feel or you know that someone didn't like class, your first impulse is to do something differently. But there's nothing you can do differently that will make everyone like that class equally. And so this isn't to say that we can't listen to or pay attention to feedback and refine our skill set over time, but it's really important that you let go of the idea that it's all about you. The reality is not every relationship or every class is the right fit. And I think that I think that when the, when teachers start to realize, "Oh, this is actually about fitting the students and and whether or not that's whether or not these students are interested in this content the more that we can the more that we can let go to the reality that some students are going to love class and others are going to seek something different yeah it's like the golden rule of not everyone's going to love you all the time yeah it's not it's just not natural. It's yeah. And it, and and it's not it's not easy to accept that. Yeah. And I think in a way as a yoga teacher the more the more you are passionate, the more you really love talking about the distal head of the fifth metatarsal or whatever it is, the harder the pill to swallow that someone is just not interested in what you are interested in. Yep. Um, but the sooner we do that, the more free to be who we really are. The next one is that you don't have to teach everything to everyone in every pose. I have brought up this exact same phrase, this exact same quote many times over the years. I'm going to say it one more time. You do not have to teach everything to everyone in every pose. As a yoga teacher, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is to not organize our teaching in such a way where, where, where we really account for how students learn. What we think a lot about is, I want them to know X, Y, and Z. But what we don't really think about is, well, how do they learn X, Y, and Z? And the reality is, people learn X on one day. Then they learn Y on another day. And then they learn Z on another day. But if, you're, if we're trying to teach too many different things to too many different people in too many different poses, then all of the various techniques and nuances that we're providing, they all, they all kind of um, zero each other out, hmm. right? And another, I, I've, I've given this exact quote before, um, which is the things that you do not say allow the things you do say to actually stand out and have impact. And so as a yoga teacher, being more comfortable with 
knowing that you're teaching triangle pose today, but you're just teaching one aspect of triangle pose today. Mm-hmm. You, right? You're not just giving like the five bullet points you always give. You're giving one of those bullet points and going into greater detail. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we used to watch Project Runway? Yes. Do you, there was a, a judge named Nina Garcia. Yes. And she always used to say, you need to edit yourself. Yes. You need to edit yourself. It's, just, it's similar to what you're talking about. So a bit posthumous, posthumously. Uh-huh. How do you say that word? You said it posthumously. You said it. <laughs> it's really hard to <laughs> when say. When I tried to say it, it was hard to say too. Yeah. Posthumous. Posthumous. Let's just that skip one. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have started to watch again Top, Top Chef, Chef. Uh, meaning we're watching an older season. Same thing. Anytime, anytime a chef makes something that's overly complicated and has too many things going on, too many things on the plate, it's muddled. Yeah. Right? It's muddled. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is really the point that I, I really want us to land on, which is if you're trying to teach too many things, too many people in every pose at once, all of these beautiful things that may have incredible value to them, they're muddled mm-hmm. and, and we don't have enough of a takeaway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The third point is that your students over the years are going to move on and so will you. And I, I think about this all the time because, you know, I, I've taught for long enough that I have very, in my mind, distinct phases of my teaching career. I have like the early, when I was teaching at the mindful body phase, and then I was teaching at the yoga loft, and then urban flow, and like it, and so on, right? And when I think about each one of those periods of my life, there are a couple of students that go with that period, Mm, right? Yeah. It's like there's the location, there's the time, there's like kind of knowing what I was teaching. I know when I was like more of an Iyengar teacher. I know when I was more of an Ashtanga teacher. I know when I was, you know, but there's, there's like these core students that my mind goes to that I can place in Mm -hmm. all of those places. And with very few exceptions, they've moved on. Mm-hmm. they've moved on from practicing yoga or they've moved on from practicing yoga with me or they've, they've, um, their, their, their lives are, have taken a turn where they're in a different place at a different time. And as a teacher, it's difficult to not, maybe this isn't just as a teacher, maybe it's a person. As a teacher, it's difficult to not think it's about you Sometimes it is about you. Like the reality is like sometimes as a student, you just feel like, okay, I've, I've really taken this teacher's class and it's time for me for whatever reason to move on. But most of the time students move on because their life changes or their interests change. And as a teacher, I think it's very common to... I kind of take it a little bit personally. And the first thing you have to do is realize you have to let it go. Just like all sorts of scenarios in your life, you have to let this go. It's, it's not a, it's not about you, the teacher, you can let it go. And I think that the second thing that we need to do is embrace the time that we do have with, 
the students that we have because it's going to change. When I write, so will you, you will move on, or when I say, so will you, you will move on, I also mean, as a teacher, if you do this long enough, your classes are going to change. Your class times are going to change. Your demeanor is going to change. Your sequencing is going to change. How you cue is going to change. Like you're going to continue to evolve in the vast majority of situations. In some situations, maybe not because maybe you're teaching more of a a set sequence or you're teaching a more uh, yoga school style that doesn't that doesn't vary over the years. But for most teachers, your tempo, your timing, your personality, your class locations, all of these things are going to evolve and you have to let them. Mm-hmm. Like as a, as a yoga teacher, you are many things, but one of the things you are is a creative entity and you need to afford yourself the permission over the years to reinvent yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To... Maybe you were an Ashtanga teacher and now you've fallen in love with yin or maybe yin and then Ashtanga or any number of things. As a teacher, you have to you have to really let yourself grow and growing and evolving means change. And that's also another scenario in which we will we'll typically have some student turnover. And these are very difficult mental and emotional realities, but, but they're really important to embrace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, and so many times the changes are not even conscious on the part of the student, right? So in other words, it's not this com- conscious decision like, I'm just done with this teacher. I'm tired of this teacher. It's just like a schedule changes, you know, something happens in the family and then, and then that you, maybe you stop taking class from that teacher and then another teacher appears that suddenly does feel like a better fit. So it, yes, that makes sense. There's, there's one more kind of layer to this, which is the rate of change, both for yourself, but also for your student base in my experience is also somewhat related to location. So living in San Francisco for a long period of time, right? Like that's where we were based for 20 plus years of, of, uh, of my teaching career and kind of the nature of that city is pretty transient, right? You know, it's pretty young, it's pretty functional, it's pretty affluent. And so, so often the students that I would have would, they would be there for a period of time and then they'd get married or they'd get a job or they'd have kids or you know, any yeah. number of things. Mm-hmm. I think, I think in, in different locations, we're kind of connecting to people at different phases of life. And there are some phases of life that I think are just a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, um, a quick shout out, by the way, to two people off the head, off the top of my head, Jen Fox and Robin Workman, who the last two times I have been, at the yoga loft, or excuse me. Um, love story? Love story, yeah. It's been a long time since yoga loft. The last two workshops that I have taught at Love Story, those two students have been in class. Wow. Those two students 
go back to when I was an Ashtanga teacher at the Mindful Body. Wow. Literally first months wow. of me being a yoga teacher. That's so sweet. Totally. It's amazing. Um, the next point is in ways related, which is you'll have to reinvent yourself time and time again without losing who you are. So kind of what comes up for me is even just technology change, right? Like let's just pause there for a moment. So we, we've already, I've already addressed the reality of value change, interest change, and creativity change. Like how we are as a student evolves and how we are as a teacher evolves. But also technology changes, right? Like we, if we, if we have, have been a yoga teacher or a student for long enough, we remember that there was no yoga at gyms. You just went to a yoga studio. Gym wasn't an option. Remember the advent of Facebook. Remember the advent of Instagram. Remember the advent of yoga on YouTube, live stream classes, COVID, like all of these different things, right? And so as a yoga teacher, just like any other just like any other entity or educator you're going to you're going to have to keep up with and maintain the ability to deal with different mediums right yes just constantly and it's one of the things it, it's for me i think one of my biggest struggles like all of these things when i say that these are five things i wish i learned I'm still trying to learn most of these things, mm -hmm. FYI, mm -hmm. right? I just have a little bit more insight. Than I almost I feel to. like it needs to be couched as five things you wish you accepted. Yeah. And are you're still working on acceptance. That's actually how I had, yes. Mm -hmm. That's actually how I read. Okay, that's what we're going to call these things. <laughs> okay. It's more accurate. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my bigger challenges is knowing that it that I can't, that as a yoga teacher, I have to continue to work with the medium through which people are engaging with yoga. Yeah. You know? And, and technology changes. It changes rapidly. But if 15 years ago I was really stubborn, I'm like, oh, what is this Facebook thing, the social media thing? It's not necessarily that I love it all the time, but I still love being a yoga teacher. I still love communicating teachings and engaging with people that enjoy this work. And so I have to continue to figure out new ways to relate to that content. I would say the other way as a yoga teacher, you have to, I don't know if reinvent yourself is right, but man, year over year over year, I'm having to evolve my workshops, my yeah. trainings, my series, my retreat, like you, I, you have to be very content forward as a yoga teacher. And, and so you have to continue to evolve who you are as a teacher, figure out how to communicate that to others and in different mediums. And when I say without losing who you are, there's no point in being a yoga teacher if, if there's no core reasons why you're being a yoga teacher, 
And so we have to continue to figure out how to do these things that I'm saying while still being true to who we are and what our values are and, and how we, how we perceive this thing called yoga. I think the final thing is that teaching yoga is without question, both a labor of love and of surrender. Okay. Right? I, I will, I will be most overt about labor of love first, which is oftentimes that's kind of a euphemism for, I don't know if you're going to make much money doing this. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. That's, that, that's often what it is. Right. It's like, okay, well, this labor is not for money. This labor is for the love. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying that you can't earn a really nice living. But what I will say in tracking my career for a very long time is that the nature of teaching yoga is a very roller coaster like financial ride. Because for most of us, earnings are directly related to sales. There's, it, we're not salaried for the most part, right? And so referring back to a point earlier, students come and go. Mm-hmm. Students have their own lives. It doesn't matter how perfectly we market something. It, well, it does matter. But it doesn't entirely matter. How many people join a class today is not 100% up to you. No. It's up to an unbelievable amount of complex variables. Yeah. And so what this what this means is you are by nature as a yoga teacher not selecting the most stable profession financially. It, it's just it's going to come and go. I think I think the other thing when it comes to surrender is there were so many things that I learned as a yoga student about my personal strengths and weaknesses that I had to accept, right? Like I have tighter hamstrings. I have tighter outer hips. I have, you know, any number of things as that we learn about ourselves. I have a, a more reactionary mind. I have ADHD with both its upsides and its downsides. So as a yoga student, we see ourselves more clearly and we learn ideally to both em- embrace things and also surrender and accept things about ourselves. What I have learned about myself as a yoga practitioner or what I have learned about myself through practicing yoga pales in comparison to what I have learned about myself through the process of being a yoga teacher. When we're a yoga teacher, we, are, we become acutely aware of our, of our strengths and weaknesses on a whole different level. And if you teach for a long enough period of time, you're going to start to really accept that there are things about being a yoga teacher you're really good at. And there are other things that you really struggle with, right? There are going to be things that your personality lends themselves to. And there's going to be other things where being a yoga teacher with the personality that you have is really hard. And so both as a student 
we learn to see ourselves more clearly and surrender. But as a teacher, to me, it's that in droves. I think the final thing about the surrender as a, as a teacher, I was just referring to the experience of self-awareness and self-reflection. But referring back to other points, it's really difficult to watch the coming and the going of students. It's really difficult to let go of the reality that this week your classes were really small or that, you know, next month you don't have any idea what, how much money is going to come in. You know how much money has to go out for you as a family or as an individual, but you have zero idea how much is actually going to come in and you know that it's not entirely up to you. So there are just these, these, uh, these internal and external things that we see about ourselves and others that we have to continuously let go of. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to pose it as well. Think about it as surrendering to certain aspects of the job. Yes. Just like any job. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I will keep doing my work on all of those things. <laughs> Me too. All right, Jason, thanks so much for sharing. And um, I will put show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 302. You have a bunch of different podcasts and blog posts that relate to this episode that you've written in the past about teaching and um, sort of the emotional components of coming to terms with being a teacher. So I will put those on the show notes page for all of you to enjoy. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it. You can also share it on social media. We love to see that and we will repost when we see that. Um, and if you'd like to follow us and figure out, you know, where Jason's teaching, what we're up to, the best way to do that is to subscribe to our newsletter, which you can do at jasonyoga.com newsletter. Okay, everyone, until next week, enjoy your practice.